Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with your host, that's me, Moira Kassaba. And today, we might have the female version of me on. (laughs) Brian Kane, he is the creator of the MPM coaching certification course that is Mental Performance Mastery. Brian's a New York Times international bestseller and one of the four most authorities on mental performance. And why I say he's the male version of me is we are just, we like to geek out on all of the same high performance methodologies, trainings, you know, practices, and it's just what we're obsessed with. You guys, Brian has coached hundreds of athletes, thousands of athletes around the world. We're talking NBA, PGA, NFL, MLB, and his take on this and the things that he teaches were definitely outside of my wheelhouse with just some of the techniques that he delivers. And he's going to go over his 10 pillars for you guys today. I'm telling you, take out a notepad, take out a pen. You're going to want to take notes. Let's dig in. Hey, hey, Brian. Oh, you're muted. Will you unmute? There we go. There we go. There we go. Yes. I'm so excited to connect. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Good, good, good. It's great to connect. Um, I I am like obsessed with all the things you're obsessed with. So this is going to be a good conversation. (laughs) Um, we can talk about so much because there's a lot to talk about. I know you've written a couple books, the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. Of course, I'm like, what are they? I want to know. Oh yeah. Um, so we can talk about that or what do you, what are you like? Do you have one thing that you're like, this is what I'm just obsessed with right now? Um, I I would say, I would say 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. It's a Mm -hmm. system for mental performance training. Um, I would say the other book I have the one, 1% better. Let's talk about that. Cause it's a cool concept that I think yeah. we've taken from the clouds and put into the dirt, but I mean, I'm excited to be with you. I've, I've been a fan for a long time. I just was on oh a run this God. morning, right? You talk about physiology focus and self-talk yeah. or, or state, yeah. right? Language. So I'm on a run this morning, getting ready. And I'm listening to the breakdown that you did back from November on Tony Robbins. Wow. I've been to UPW yeah. and I'm like, there's so much, there's so much that aligns, you know, going yes. from like like low bottom to high rise. I mean, I right. was, I, I, at one point I was 65 pounds heavier than I am today. Wow. You know, like I was a high school, I was a high school teacher, athletic director, and now I'm a seven figure CEO and coach who's living my best life and yes. blessed oh every day. God. I'm, I'm a girl dad with number two coming oh. in August. So like, oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So there's, oh so, there's so many cool things to talk about. I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be very just awesome conversation. And the biggest yeah. thing I think that I bring to it is, like making it very, you know, Tony Robbins always says, right. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. He always says yeah. like, like, we're recording like, by the way, we're going to okay, record perfect. early because I feel like this is already so good. Yeah, like, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. wait, we weren't yeah. supposed to be recording, but we're just yeah. going to say we're recording at all. Yeah, so go so, for it. Cause Tony Robbins always says, yeah, he's, he's like, you know, he, he always says that it's life is a strategy game. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at myself as I'm, I'm really a high performance strategist and yes. majority of where I work is in high performance athletics, right? Eight mm-hmm. UFC world champions, four signing award winners in baseball is the best pitchers in, in the world, a Heisman trophy winner, you know, even into like women's tie down calf roping, a world champion, but also wow. into like CEOs. And the cool thing about having been a high school teacher and having yeah. been a high school administrator is like in a given day, I'll have a conversation with 
a 10 year old ice hockey player. Who's the son of a former NHL player. I used to work with and a UFC world champion. And then I'll talk to a major league baseball signing award winner, Corbin Burns, the best pitcher in baseball. And then I'll talk to the kid who's a freshman in college that wants to quit. And his parents are calling going, can you help? Because my kid's good. He just can't handle the pressure, you know? So it's like when I, when, when people say, who's your favorite client, I say the next one, you know, and it's the next one because it's, it's about helping high achievers and humans get the most out of their potential. So it doesn't yes. have to be a CEO. It doesn't have to be yeah. a, a MMA fighter or a major league baseball player. It's like, if you're human and you have potential, let's get after that. Yes, you know? yes, yes. I feel the same way. And I feel like you already, you just probably have that belief in the human potential. Like I do like anything is possible. We just got to work through this, right. Work through our head stuff. Mm. And Every single thing you said like speaks to my soul, especially mm. because I have a 14 going on 15 year old and a 13 year old that are high performance athletes, even though they're young, you know, mm. but one of them gets the mental game and one of them is like, Psh, mom, like rolls their eyes. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh. So I'm going to cut to the chase really quick and yeah. ask you a mom question Sure, for boys. When do you feel like for boy athletes, when do you feel like that light bulb? And I'm sure it's different for everybody, but when does it kind of come on that? Oh my gosh, this mental thing is really big. It's not just about getting buff in the gym. It's not just about more reps on the field. When does that happen? Well, it, I'll tell you, I was going to, I was going to guess if it was your baseball player or the dancer that was into mental it performance. Was, it's and the I, baseball player. <laughs> and I was going to say, so, so it's like, I'll, I'll go back to, I'm at, I'm a grad student at Cal state Fullerton. I'm studying underneath a guy by the name of Ken Revisa, who is the godfather of sports psychology. And when he passed mm-hmm. away in 2018, the New York times headline was Ken Revisa, the godfather of sports psychology. Wow. I have his face tattooed on my heart. My daughter's middle name is Kendall. Oh and my gosh. How do you spell his last name? Uh, R-A-V-I-Z-Z-A, Revisa. His book, Heads Up Baseball, I have copies that I give to every- How do I not have that? Oh, yeah. well, because I'm going to send you one today. So you got to get me your address. I will sign it and send it to you. Um, And that book, there's so many things we can go into. July 4th, 2000 is a junior college is a day that that changed my life forever when I picked up that book, Heads Up Baseball at a Barnes & Noble at 600 West Boylston Street in Boston, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, across from Fenway Park. And I pick up that book. I send him an email and said, hey, I want to be a college baseball coach. I know I'm not good enough to play professionally. This book spoke to me in a way that no coach, nothing ever has. I get a handwritten letter three weeks later that says, hey, I'm from Connecticut. I'm at Cal State Fullerton, which at the time is the premier program in college baseball. Why don't you come do a master's here and be a grad assistant like with our baseball program? So I'm I'm in it. I go there. I'm doing my master's with Yoda. Don't even know I'm doing it. It'd be like getting your master's. I mean, I'm literally walk. I'm with him every day as his teaching assistant for two years. Imagine being with Tony Robbins every single day for two years. Or I'm thinking like, you know, becoming Christian with Jesus. Like, Like, I get it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, and I remember one day, right. He's working with the who's who he's working with Mike Candrea, who is the softball coach at Arizona, who's won multiple, like 10 national championships. He's also working with Sue Anquist at UCLA, who's won every other national championship at one point in college softball. UCLA, Arizona had won something like 15 out of 20 of the national championships. Mm. So I remember there's a softball tournament at Cal State Fullerton. I'm following Ken around like his shadow, just trying to listen to what he's talking about with people. He's talking to Mike Candrea and the softball coach at Arizona, who's also the Team USA coach. And he's like, and they're talking and he says, Brian, any questions you got for Coach Candrea? And I said, Coach, I didn't realize that you won a national championship as a junior college baseball coach. 
and you're winning national championships. I knew you, I knew your softball success. I didn't yeah. know your baseball success. I said, tell me the difference between coaching guys and coaching girls at the highest level. And he said yeah. something in 2002, I will never forget. He said, guys are about ego. Women are about emotion. He said, mm. guys have to play good to feel good. Women have to feel good to play good. And he said, so what, can, what Ken helps us to do is he helps our, our softball players, our women in Arizona, not have to feel good to play good. He yes. goes, he gives them tools and strategies to be able to act different than how you feel, change your state, yes. and to be able to have good, bad days and, and get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's like, and it's completely changed the way our athletes compete, they, yeah. they realize confidence is something you do, not something you feel. Yes. So for the boy athlete that you're talking about, when do they come to the mental game? Here's what I've found. I've found uh, that there are four stages to buy-in. Mm. Stage one, it's not for me. I'm not into that. I don't need mental training. I'm not screwed up. There's still the stigma that if you're getting mental performance coaching, something's wrong. Right. And remember, you don't you don't have to be sick to get better, right? Right. It's right. changing. It's changed a lot in the 20 yes. years that I've done this. A ton. Yeah. It's now more like, hey, if you're not working with a mental performance coach, you're not committed to greatness. Right. Uh, Absolutely. You don't want it bad enough. Right. Yes. It's changed yes. a lot. So step one, not for me. Step two, okay for others. So this is where we start. So if your son, your you know, is a baseball player, we say, well, hey, let's have you watch the Evan Longoria E60 on ESPN. That, that's on YouTube. If you type in Evan Longoria E60, it's a documentary, not a 15 minute piece on ESPN of Evan Longoria and Ken Revisa. It's amazing. Mm. Best 15 minutes in the mental game of baseball ever. So step two, it's okay for others. Or you get him to, if he's a pitcher, you take my podcast with the best pitcher in the world, Corbin Burns, who, mm. when I started with him, you talk about from low bottom to high rise, Corbin yes. Burns, when I met with him in 2019, had statistically the worst ERA in major league baseball history. He had a 10 ERA, which means we have up 10 runs per outing, which is the worst ever yeah. for a guy who, who pitched 40 innings. We're sitting in this office. And just get, get into the mental performance skills that we'll talk about two years later, 2021, he's an all-star Cy Young award winner, best pitcher in baseball. He's an all-star in 2022. And it was not, it was not by accident. It was by intention and training right. because you don't right. rise to the occasion. You sink to your training and too yes. often these elite people or anybody doesn't have the right mental health training, right? Yes. They don't have mental performance training and it's what we need to mainstream and bring to people. So step, step two is it's okay for others. So we want to put in front of people others that they look to, to go, this is what they're doing. And they go, Hmm, well, success yeah. excludes. If these guys are doing it, maybe I should try it. Step right. three then becomes I'll try it. And step three of the four steps to buy in of I'll try it is we got to give them something to try. Yeah. Right. So for the, for the, um, you know, baseball player, I might say, Hey, let, let's try having you listen to, to my podcast, mental performance daily, which is two to three minutes a day with a very athletic and kind of, you know, um, uh, edgy mindset theme that yeah. people get into. And I share like, like every week I have uh, a baseball that. player that's a client of mine that I'll interview that will give a nugget. And I bring that into the mental performance daily. Like I got Matt Carpenter featured in there who plays for the San Diego Padres with yep. the Yankees last year. And when these athletes hear it, they're like, oh, this is cool. This is what these yeah. guys do. These guys make their bed. Corbin Burns makes his bed every day. Yeah. They, they do meditation. They do visualization. They're yep. full of gratitude. They keep a gratitude journal. Maybe I should do that. Yeah. And then step four is step four is I can't believe I did it any other way. So to right. recap, step one, not for me. Step two, okay for others. Step three, 
I, uh, I'll try it. They got to know what to try. And that's, mm-hmm. a, there's a big gap there between the knowing and doing right. Big gap. And then step four is I can't believe I did it any other way. And that's the four stages to buy in. So I think when you're dealing with the adolescent male, right. In this case, yeah. your son, yes. how do we yeah. get him to try mental performance? We've got to get him to step two to say it's okay for others and show him examples of what we would want him to do and yeah. players that he wants to be like, and then give him exactly what to try. I freaking love it, Brian. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So good. So you've written two books, The 10 Pillars of Mental Performance Mastery and 1% Better. I can identify with both, you know, so like, especially the 1%, like I, when I got that, you know, that, that there's the book, The Slight Edge. um, Sure. Compound Effect. Compound Effect. The other one I was thinking of was uh, 10X. Sure. 10x going above and beyond. And so that philosophy completely changed my life. Like, and that's the thing when you read books and you understand something at that just ingrained level, your entire life changes, your actions change, your habits change, everything changes. I'm very curious, and we can talk about both because I want to hear your philosophy and everything. Sure. Um, the 10 pillars of performance mastery. Yep. What do you consider them to be? And can we dig into those? I'm oh, taking all the notes, all yeah, the notes over here. We're going to dig into them, but I have to reveal a dirty secret. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further is I've written 45 books, 45, yeah, I've written 45 books. And I'm embarrassed to say that I, you can't buy any of them on my website. What? You can, Why you, not? Can, you can only get them on Amazon. It's a long, long story, but my, one of my business coaches say, hey, let's put it, put them on Amazon, let them live there. He goes, we got other things we want to focus on. We don't yeah, want you yeah. selling books. We want you to sell your coach's certification and right. day athletes program. But I started off, I started off writing, you know, how to books like the mental, mental conditioning yep. for baseball. I wrote a book, mental conditioning for softball, basically all the sports I was working in. I co-authored a book based off of my 10 pillar oh system God. with a head coach. So the head coach of, of Navy lacrosse. And I wrote the mental game of lacrosse, the head coach that at is- the time of Baylor tennis, we wrote the mental game of tennis. So it's taking the same framework of the 10 pillars that we're going to yes. go into and they brought it into their sport. But I would say my, my, my two favorite books would be the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery and 1% better because they are inspirational fiction in their story books. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you ever read the 5am club? Uh, you got to read it. I, I, Robin Sharma. Yeah, 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 I have. I love that book because it's fiction. And I'm literally always asking people, I'm like, no, no, no. I want a personal growth book that's fiction. Because for some reason, story, and you get it, obviously, because you wrote these two books, but story is what just pulls me in and makes me Mm. remember, makes me implement. Like there is nothing better than personal growth books that are fiction. So I am over the moon excited right now to pick up both of these books. And as a writer? Yeah. I have personally found, and maybe not everybody is this way, I have found it so much easier to write inspirational fiction than to write how-to because you don't have to color between the lines. Right. You know, right. and it's so much more fun because like I, the characters in the book are my wife and it's my daughter right. and it's my, you know, it's people who who you care about. So, so, so in the, awesome. in the book, the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, I, I share a story about a mid forties executive by the name of Matthew Simons, which happens to be my middle name in the street I grew up on. And oh, he's wow. stuck in the Detroit airport, which is where I was stuck when I started to write the book. <laughs> and I was foreshadowing, you know, or was projecting into my future of what it would look like traveling 200 to 250 days a year, yeah. just gotten married on the road, you know, and, and how, how's this all going to play out? Like I'm never home. So yeah. I, as I started to write the book, it happened with about a conversation that I had had with a mentor of mine. 
And ultimately what, what this conversation, a gentleman who, what I would consider to be like my life coach, my business coach at the same time, Mm -hmm. he said, Brian, you, what you're teaching is currently in the clouds. Mm-hmm. You need to bring it into the dirt, meaning you need to create a system of what it is you're teaching. He goes, you're teaching the same, you're, you're, te- you're teaching what you're teaching, but when you're sharing it with other people, if you can put it into a digestible framework mm-hmm. to say the seven habits of highly effective people, right? There's only seven habits. Okay. I can learn right. those. The 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, which if I were to tweak the title again, I would probably call it the 10 skills of mental toughness mm. or the 10 skills of high achievement. Because what I've identified is that there are 10 skills that the elite performers, the high achievers that I have the privilege of being around every day, I still blessed to say that every day, yeah. they have these 10 principles or the, should I say these 10 skills in common. Here's the 10 skills. Okay. And a skill for everybody who's listening is a skill is something that can be trained. Mm-hmm. It can be taught. It can be developed. And it can be, you know, it can be mastered. So that's why it's the 10 skills of mental performance or the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. So here they are. Number one, elite mindset. Mm. Number two, motivation and commitment. Number three, focus and awareness. Number four, self-control and discipline. Number five, process over outcome. Mm, number number, number six, meditation and mental imagery. Mm. Number seven, routines and habits of excellence. Number eight, time management and organization. And I use those eight as like the individual skills that I share with all of my clients from the nine-year-old to the nine-year major league baseball veteran, to the, to the janitor on the team, to the owner of the team, right? The CEOs, yeah. to, to the salespeople, everybody. Those are the eight skills that we all have. We're all doing this we're all doing this already. We all have these eight skills. We just maybe aren't training them intentionally. And then number nine and 10 are leadership Mm -hmm. and the right culture. How do you create culture intentionally so that you get the culture you want instead of the culture that you get? And what I've identified is that with development, right? Whether it's, whether it's human development, uh, personal development, or, or in an athletic context where I live a lot of the time, player development, there's a three, there's a three-step process and we're all doing this, whether we know it or not, it's, I call it drills skills, skill set, right? If you mm-hmm. take, if you take your baseball playing son and he wants to get better at hitting, what does he do? We go get him a coach that gives him hitting drills. He works on the skill of hitting, hitting the ball the other way, hitting it with more power. Those are skills. And when we put all those skills together, we get a skill set. Mm-hmm. There's an entrepreneur skill set. There's an athlete skill set. There's a parenting skill set, which the skill set's different to be probably a girl, dad, and a boy, dad, right? right. So, yeah. so when we've identified, here's the 10 skills that these high achievers have. And then what I do as the coach is as I'm working with someone, I'm assessing where they're at, what they're doing, what their goals are, where they are, how do we get them to where they want to be? Then I give them a training program, no different than a strength coach would give you if you were trying to change your body or you were trying to get stronger as an athlete or just as, as a human being. So I give you the drills, strategies, techniques to develop those 10 mental performance skills to make the skill set of mental performance mastery or mental toughness. Do you, I love that. I love, like your, our brains are so similar. It's insane. (laughs) Like how we just process things and how we want to design things. When you give this training program, is it the same training program for each person? Or are you looking at, you know, oh, your time management's really off and your self-control is really off. So we're going to design that a little bit more focused in those areas. 
I would say yes. And it's, it's both. Right. So, so it depends on what the client is coming to me for. Right. And sometimes, for example, today I worked with one, with a, with a, a division one college baseball pitcher who came to me very specifically. I got no confidence. Yeah. So yeah. I don't need to talk to him about time management and organization. Right. I need to talk to him about body language, focus, and self-talk, acting different than how you feel, better mm-hmm. preparation techniques, simplifying your task, realizing confidence is something you do, not something you feel. The best performers in the world are going to realize that fear and confidence are not mutually exclusive. Fear right. and confidence are two peas in a pod. They're both going to be there. Choose confidence, yes. right? So act different than how you feel. So in that situation, he when I do my assessment, he's telling me right exactly where to go. Yeah. For, I had another another athlete that come, would come here and say, "Hey, uh, I got a chance to be Major League Baseball rookie uh, rookie of the year. I'm playing great. I just got a huge contract. I'm on top of the world. I know mental performance is important for me succeeding at this level, and I know you're you, you were recommended to me by my agent as one of the best in the world at doing this. What do you got for me?" Yeah. And then I go, well, here's the system. Here's the 10 pillars. Here's the 10 skills. Is there anything specifically do you feel like you dive in, want to dive in on? He goes, all of them. I said, great. Let's roll through here. So we do, we do 10 weeks of coaching and week one is mindset. Week two is motivation and commitment and et cetera. And we go through. And then after those 10 weeks of coaching and going, taking him through the framework, we then continue the conversation because as life happens and life evolves as a professional athlete, the game is going to kind of dictate what you need to work on. Right. Oh, I love all of this so much. I almost want like a report card every night. Like I want a scorecard, right? How can, in well, those 10 categories, do you well, have we something have, like that? <laughs> we, we, we have one. And you do. yes, I interviewed uh, one of my favorite books I've ever, I've ever read was called what got you here. Won't get you there by Marshall Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. And I love the book so much. And one of the things I love about being a podcast host, right? I have two podcasts, Mental Performance Daily, two to three minutes a day, and Mental Performance Mastery, which is my longer form like this. And when I want to learn from somebody, I try to get them on my podcast and ask yeah. them all the questions I'd want to ask them after reading reading their books and doing my homework, right? Yeah. And when I asked Marshall Goldsmith, I said, what's your number one best in best in class practice that you do that you see maybe other coaches not doing that you scratch your head and go, God, this is like my go-to number one strategy. Right. Why are other people not doing this? And he goes, Oh, that's easy. Success checklist. Success checklist. Success checklist. And I said, well, tell me more about that. And mm-hmm. it tied right back to what Ken Revisa used to teach us. Ken mm-hmm. Revisa used to say, awareness is the first step to all growth. Mm. And he would say, so you would say, you can't trust the process, which every coach in America and every, everyone says you can't trust the process if you don't have one. Right. So having a process is a success checklist. A success checklist is a series of behaviors that you want to do over time to give you the best chance for success. So if I can share my, or is this video and audio? Um, it will be video on YouTube. Um, perfect. Yeah. So let me, you want me if to I can share, if I can share, share my yeah. screen, I'll show yes. you my success checklist. So you're I, the host go for it. Perfect. So I'll share my screen. I think I read something about this in one of Napoleon Hill's, um, outwitting the devil love Napoleon yeah. Hill. And I remember reading something about this recently and I was like, why doesn't that exist today? Like it was something yeah. similar to this, like, you know, yeah. a daily inventory yep. of yeah, right here. Oh. Yep. So, so this is the app I use is called habit share and it's yeah. a little bit outdated. It's essentially just a digital success checklist. The one, the one that I prefer to use is an app called heroic for my friend, Brian Johnson. 
and they have a so they have it's essentially a success checklist and they're creating a social platform that isn't quite developed yet but when it does I'll be moving there but the reason why I like this is all the people who I coach I click on friends I can pull up all my clients success checklists and wow. see what see what they're doing so when I'm sitting there talking to somebody for example, um, let's say, you know, an athlete, let me go pull up Corbin Burns. I can simply go to his checklist and say, okay, how is he doing implementing the things that he wants to implement consistently? Yes. So if oh I go to mine, here's here's my here's my morning routine. Did I go to bed at eight, wake up at five? Did I get up at five in the 5 a.m. club? Does my body weight in a certain place? I get on the you scale to, every morning. You need to start making your bed more. <laughs> well, my wife's always in it. My wife's still in it when I get up. So I so I check it. Great. So green means green means I did it. Gray yep. means I didn't need to. Red means oh, I Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, and I just got back, just got back from Mexico. So working to get the weight back down under 185. <laughs> I have a scale that I get on it. I want to, my ideal is to be 180 and, and sub 10% body fat. So today I was under 185 and I was at 10%. My body battery recovery score tracked by my Garmin watch was at like 75%. So it's red. Sleep score was very few because I was out late last night with a client who was in town. So that was red. And then did I feed the dogs? Did I take collagen? Did I take my greens? Did so I read this quick? Did I did I go through all these things that I checked green or my morning routine from That's reading a- to fitness to development to putting in my toe spreaders that my physical therapist wants me to do yeah, because yeah. I run and it's I got the, feet pain. It's the compound effect, right? It's exactly. Effect exactly. Yes. So this success checklist at the end of the day, I am able to say, am I living in alignment with yep. the behaviors that I have identified will give me the best chance for success? Yes, yes, yes. What was that app called? I know you said Heroic was the one. Yeah, Heroic in Habit Share. Habit Share. Yep. Um, I love that because you can share habits. I just saw that where your friends are tracking the same habits. That's so freaking cool. Yes. So when you you get in the app, when you get into into, into, uh, Habit Share, add me as a friend, brian at briancane.com. I'll share all my habits with you so you can see how, how I how we do it, you know? Yes. And that's, there's so much power in that, right? Seeing what other people are focused on. And on the other side, there's so much power in it for me. Cause I got, if I got 500 clients in there. Oh, hell yeah. You're accountable. (laughs) 100%. A hundred percent. This is a, that is a game changer. Whoever came up with that is brilliant. Um, and I just got to go back to like these little teeny tiny things that, lead to a life of fulfillment, a life on fire, you know, excitement. Cause I have to say total transparency here. I woke up this morning and I was like, granted, I woke up late. I like hit my alarm and I for, didn't, you know, didn't get out of bed. So one of those mornings I woke up late. And so you're always a little off your game, Sure. but I kind of woke up and I was just like, where's the fire? Where's the energy? I know what to do. You know, I'm like, I need to go get in the ice plunge. I need to put some music on. I need to like change my state, but I usually wake up in a really great state. And I just wasn't there this morning. And I can tell you it is 100% because little teeny tiny habits have fallen off just in the last few days. You know, like I didn't really do my morning process yesterday. I realized that I um, am not getting enough sleep the last couple nights. Like people so often, I think, get to these points where they're like, they're saying that in their mind, you know, what is wrong with me? Talk about the mental game. Like we shouldn't be mm-hmm. saying that to ourselves really, but like, what is wrong with me? I need to do this, or maybe I need to go to the doctor, or maybe I need to get on a prescription, or maybe I need to do some crazy thing. And I mean, we love to work out, but like, you don't have to go from zero to training for an Ironman. You might just need to sleep more, get yeah, out yeah. in the sunshine, move yeah. your body for 15 minutes a day. It's these little things 
that aren't that difficult in in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. The more difficult thing is just having, like you said, the awareness and the consistency to do them mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Well said. One of my favorite books is called Tiny Habits by a guy named BJ Fogg, who's a professor at Stanford. And he says, tiny is mighty. Yes. He says, if you want to work out every day, do one push up. If you did a push up, count it as a workout. Because what happens is it's the start that stops most yes. people. Yes. So if you get one push up in, often you'll do more than that and you'll mm-hmm. you'll you'll keep going, right? So yeah. the other thing I think is that we 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 have to we have to realize as as human beings that when a like a rocket a rocket takes off to go to the moon it uses about 80% of its fuel in the first 10% of its journey why because of the gravitational pull yes. and for us we have the same gravitational pull it's called the start so the so i when i was training to do this 100 mile ultra endurance race everyone said what's the hardest part about running 100 miles i said put my shoes on and getting out the door consistently yeah yeah. You know, and sure. in order to do that, I had to have accountability partners. I had like four people I would run with on different days of the week because I I'm motivated by not letting other people down. 100% so I so, so I was going to show up if they were showing up and then once I got started I'm like, "Oh, this is great." You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was the start that stopped. So Absolutely. Big big believer in the power of accountability. Yes. Uh and and getting and using all the energy that you need to get started and then you get the momentum on your side. Yes. Oh my gosh, so good. The the accountability piece is huge. I mean, it's so huge. I I used to I always used to say the same thing. It's like left to my own devices, I'm going to let myself down eventually at some point in time, 100% of the time. And mm-hmm. so, but I will never let you down, you know? So having that person that you're committed to, I mean, every, you know, marathon, half marathon, any training thing I've ever done, I've never done it alone. You know, yeah. I might do a couple runs alone, but I'm not yeah. committed alone. That's for sure. Yeah. Going back to these 10 pillars. So I want to talk because I, I geek out on like the power and the science the neuroscience behind visualization and imagery and all of that. And I think it's one of the things, there's a lot of things on here that I think people are like, yeah, yes, yes. Obviously I need routine. Obviously I need time management. Um, but that vision part, like I do a, a process, I, I refer to it as pre-paving your day, like pre-pave your day, right? You can mm-hmm. visualize either your life two years from now, five years from now, the big dreams, the big goals, or just visualize your day. And and on a daily basis, I usually kind of pick one or the other, whatever feels better. But man, when I pre-pave my day and I Mm. think even down to the point where, all right, when I get done, I'm going to walk upstairs and wake up my kids. I end up walking upstairs and waking up my kids differently because I've seen it, you know, softer, more loving or laughing versus just like, hey, come on, get out of bed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But pre-paving it, and especially with the obstacles, right? Like the things that are like, oh, I've got that meeting at 11. I'm a little stressed out about that. And then pre-paving and, and visualizing how you want to show up. I mean, it's like miraculous what happens there. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. And I remember when I first got kind of exposed into, you know, call it mental imagery, call it visualization, call it mental rehearsal, call it hypnosis. It's, it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's closing your eyes going into the movie theater of your mind and seeing yourself prepare, seeing yourself perform the way you want to. It's it's a, it's an act of mental preparation really is what it is. And that mental preparation builds more confidence. I'm at LSU and, and growing up as a high school baseball player in the nineties, LSU won five national titles in the nineties. Their head coach, Skip Bertman was like the John Wooden of college baseball. 
Fast forward to 2014, I'm at LSU with the Old wow. Miss baseball team as a mental performance coach, and I happen to be there the weekend. They're dedicating the field to the retired coach, Skip Burtman. Wow. So I see, I, I, I meet him and we sit down together while the field's getting retired to his name that weekend. He takes mm-hmm. the time to sit down with me. He used to work with my mentor, Ken Revisa with Team USA in the Olympics in 84 in Atlanta or 86 mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And we sit down for three hours and I said, Skip. When you came here from the University of Miami, LSU baseball was a thought after. They were nothing. Mm -hmm. And you made them the juggernaut of college baseball. You won five national championships in the 90s. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? Like what what helps you be so successful? And he says, Brian, when I came here and I sat in this dugout on my interview coming here from the University of Miami, I sat down with a yellow legal pad and I sat in this dugout. He goes to look nothing like it does now. And I made a list of 110 things we were going to do to make this the greatest program in college baseball. He goes from the, from the intimidator scoreboard down the right field line to Mike, the tiger, the live mascot out in front of the stadium to the playground on the left field line with a net over it. So parents didn't have to worry about their kids getting hit. He goes, everything happens twice first in your mind, then in reality. Yeah. And he said, you know, one of the things that he used to do to help his players when they were winning, you know, all those national championships, he's like, we did visualization. I would take them around a tour on the, around the bases. And he said, I'd have them go through four bases, right? First base, second base, third place home. And he said, here was my process. He said, the first thing I'd have them do is go to first base and I'd have them breathe. The acronym is ball, B-A-L-L, B-A-L-L, four-step process. I'd have them breathe. And I would have them breathe to relax because when you're relaxed, you can stay focused more and you have less cognitive interference. You stay dialed in on what you're trying to do. I'd have them go to second base and at second base, I'd have them repeat some affirmations, Mm -hmm. things like I compete one pitch at a time. I carry myself with big body language and confidence. When I'm prepared my best, I am the best. He goes, each player had their own three affirmations that they would say. Then we go to third base. L, we'd look back. I'd have them look back at their previous success when they were performing their best. What did it look like? He goes, and we'd use all the senses, what it looked like, what it feel like, what it sound like, what it smell like, what it tastes like when you were performing your best. And then they would come home and they'd look forward to how they wanted to play in that next performance, right? And I said, Skip, did you have them visualize winning a national championship? He goes, only the night before the national championship. I always had him visualize the next 24 hours because that's what we were living in. So to your point, visualization is used by, you know, Navy SEALs preparing to go on a mission, the blue angels before they fly their, 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 uh, aerial shows, athletes use visualization all the time. And I think sometimes we, unless you've been in those environments, you maybe miss out on how important visualization is and starting your day with, like you're saying, paving the road, or maybe a Zig Ziglar used to say, priming the pump, right? Getting the water out of the ground there. And you just, you, you close your eyes, you breathe, you say to yourself, you know, I'm over, I'm filled with gratitude, love, and have everything I need to have the life that I want. You go through your affirmations, you look back, maybe in the last 24 hours of your life, what your highlights were. So I'm looking last night at me connecting with one of my clients who was in town with the Chicago Blackhawks and me and him going to get a tattoo last night to honor one of our, one of our (laughs) friends who's passed away. And then, um, you know, I'm looking forward to today, to this call. I'm looking forward to today, to me just being present with the clients I'm working with and then going to dinner tonight with my family. So it's, you're, you're, you're replaying yesterday and you're preparing for today and you're kind of living in that day tight compartment. Now there's a time and a place to visualize what I call the telescope, right? Right. We've got telescope goals. Where am I going? Five, 10 years and microscope goals. Mm -hmm. And too many times, I think we focus so much on the telescope 
that we don't reverse engineer it back to the microscope right. to go, what am I doing in the next 24 hours to get closer to where I want to be? Yes, yes, yes. That is like everything I believe in and teach in, in a different way. And I love the acronym of BALL, breathe, affirmation, look back, look forward. Yeah. That is everything. It's everything. And I have a, a journal and I actually just dropped a podcast on Monday called The Gap and the Gain. And it's about the gap between where you are and where you want to go sometimes can seem so daunting, you know, mm -hmm. but we got to have that, that telescope, just like you're saying. And then to look back and the gain being like, but, but I did this, but I've accomplished this. And I, you know, we, we as humans don't give ourselves enough credit for Never. what we have accomplished, especially if we're yeah. high performers and overachievers, yeah. you know, yeah. we're always filled with self-doubt and insecurity. And it's like, if I wrote a, a book about what you have accomplished, you, you would be blown away by your own success, but we don't tend to grab onto that in the moment, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what builds the belief for what is possible going forward. Yeah. If I can share, right. If we talked about yeah. being a high performance strategist, a strategy that I've used to help with that is I have clients of mine keep what I call a confidence resume. Now, not, not all of them, but the ones that, that, you know, are looking for more confidence and kind of yeah. changing the narrative, right. Changing the story that they are capable, they can achieve, they can close that gap. So the confidence resume is I literally have them. I go, tell me all the books that you've read, go back as far as you can. Boom, 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 write them all down. I go, tell me about some of your best moments, things that you're proud of, even graduating high school and write them yeah. all down. Boom, 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 boom. Tell me about things that you've overcome. Boom, 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 boom. People that have been mentors to you. And we make this list and it's pages. Yeah. And I'm talking like uh, 45 minutes to an hour session. Yeah. Then I get done and I go, here's your confidence resume. This is yes. why you're a badass. Would you go yes. ahead and read this every day? Because this is you. And there's people out there who don't have nearly the training or the experiences that you have. You are world-class. Yeah. Just believe that in yourself. And here's the reasons why you should believe. Boom. Ah, Brian, so good. <laughs> it's been a strong, it's been a strong exercise. And that exercise yes. has helped. That exercise has helped with some of the you like UFC world champions. Yeah. That's yeah. an exercise that I've used from UFC world champions who had lost their way and didn't know why they should succeed in the octagon mm -hmm. to freshmen in high school who were suicidal. Yeah. Yeah. It is powerful, mm. powerful beyond measure. I mean, I, I know that when I had a really crazy big goal to become like the number one coach, I, I sat down and like kind of wrote a book, just like you're saying. I'm like, why, why should this be inevitable? Like, why should this just be like, of course you're going to be, of course you're going to achieve this. And I, I just wrote it from that lens and I read it every morning and I really, you know, quickly started to believe like, well, duh, this is just inevitable. You know, when, when, before I wrote that, I was like, there's no way this is possible. Like, yeah, 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 this is crazy, yeah. you know? Oh, so good. So good. Well, you let's, change, I want to, you change the narrative. You change yeah, the narrative, change the narrative. Right? And that's, Absolutely. And that's such a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like is with these 10 pillars, really the first, I'd say eight, what do you feel like people lack the most and struggle with the most? Hmm. Uh, understanding they lack and struggle with the most understanding that you can develop all of those as skills. Mm, it's that kind of you, the growth mindset. Eg, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why mindset is number one. It is the growth mindset that you can be, have, and do anything you want with enough time mm -hmm. and the right, and the right training. Yeah. And most people don't want to give it enough time and they don't know where to go to get the right training because mental performance training is often the missing link in high yeah. achievement, right? People give too much theory and yeah. not enough practice. They'll say yes. you should do mental imagery and visualization. Right. And that's where it ends. Instead of yeah. going, 
We're going to do mental imagery and visualization. Here's the process we're going to follow. Let's create a script. I'm going to record an audio. You're going to have it on your phone. You're going to put it in your morning routine and listen to it for 10 minutes every day. And you're going to send me a thumbs up by a text after every day you do it for accountability. And you're then going to go market in your habit share and success checklist. And when we get on a call once a week, we're going to see how often you're doing your mental imagery. Because if you do the process, you'll get the result. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's why I'm saying you and I are so like of one brain, you know, even with my podcast, I always say like, I don't want you to just listen. I do not want you to listen to this podcast. I want you to take action. I want you to implement. I want you to do this exercise. I want you to do this process. I want you to put in the work. We're all reading so many books and listening to Mm. so many podcasts or going to seminars and that's why I love Tony because you're actually there doing the work yes. in the moment. You're not going yes. home with, you know, a laundry list of things to do. That's right. why it's so transformative. You come out of that weekend completely different. And yeah, it's just people people aren't putting in the work. I love books too that like ask questions. You know, they yes. kind of require you to put pen to paper because I'm like that's what I need. I don't want to just read about the theory of all of this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that that's heads up baseball. And that's why it made such a difference for me is it's, it's, it's like a reading and then questions that you fill out. And when you put pen to paper and you fill out the questions, you, you are like coaching yourself. Right. And I think that's one of my mentors, a guy named Dr. Rob Gilbert. And and you want to talk about consistency and longevity, Dr. Rob Gilbert, if there was a Mount Rushmore of sports psychology, him and Ken Revisa would be the two on there. And I don't know if anyone else would be up there, but those who would be up there. (laughs) And, And Dr. Gilbert runs a thing called success hotline and Moira since January 22nd, 1992, 31 years, He's left a three-minute message on an answering machine. If you called right now, 973-743-4690. You can also find the Success Hotline podcast. It's one of three phone numbers I know, mine, my wife's, and Success Hotline. (laughs) And, And... He's been leaving a three-minute message since January 22nd, 1992. I heard him speak in March of 2006, and I have called most days, almost all days, as part of my morning routine since. And what he says a lot, and I've I've taken and used and applied in my life and my teachings, is that he's like, success hotline. I don't want this to be thought-provoking. I want this to be action-provoking. He goes, K minus A equals zero. Knowledge minus action gets you nothing. Right. He's like, so it's not about what you know, it's about what you do with what you know. And yes. he's the same guy who when I when I when I talked with him in about 2010, I said, Dr. Gilbert, I've been impressed, you know, inspired by your podcast for the last thousand days. And I'm gonna, I got a goal to read a book every week this year. And he goes, That's a terrible goal. Mm-hmm. I used I said, to have that ter- goal too until yeah. I realized. <laughs> right. He's like, well, he's like, well, how far in are you? I go, I'm it's 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 March. I'm like 10 books in. He goes, What was book one? I go, hang on a second. He goes, No, 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 there's no hang on. If you can't pull it out like your mm-hmm. birthday, it's not in you, it's not in your awareness. You can't use the strategy. Yeah. He's like, so instead of reading a book every week, why don't you read the same book every week for a year until you master it? Mm. So good. Yeah. And so good. I remember the moment in time I had that awareness. I think I was reading Brendan Bouchard's book, High Performance Habits or Habits sure. of High Performers. I always get the language mixed up. Yep. And I saw him speak. And so I was, you know, motivated enough to go like, oh, he's got a seminar coming up. Let me grab some friends and go to the seminar. And so it was hearing him speak live, reading his book, going to the seminar. And then I was just kind of entrenched in all of it. So I was like going to his Instagram to kind of get more content. And that's when I realized I was like, wait a second, I need to be doing this once a quarter, you know, like 
take one person that I, you know, follow and really want to dive deep into all of their processes and and their work and master it. So, I mean, I love, you even said just, you know, a year for a year, but that's how you really change. And, and that's true. That's what happened with me with Tony. You know, you can't help but get pulled into the Tony vortex (laughs) and, you know, you're reading, you're listening, you're going to the things and that's when real change happens. Yeah. Yeah. And and the biggest thing I remember, I went to UPW in Chicago and it was, um, July of 2013. And I remember the one thing I'm always looking for, like, what's the one thing, right? It's one of my favorite books by Gary Keller. What's the one thing that moves the needle the most. And when I went to UPW, I said, okay, what's the, what's the one thing I took away and, you know, walking on fire was cool and the relationships and the energy and just the way he presents and the music and the the energy and you're up and you're down and so long, but you don't get tired. It's like, it's very odd. (laughs) It's it's why when people say, Oh, Hey, Brian, uh, we, you know, Hey, I know you're coming in and you asked to talk to our team for like three hours. Like they don't usually make it more than 30 minutes. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not them. It's, it's the presenter. Right. Like three hours is going to go by like 30 minutes and they're going to be chomping for more. Just let me yeah, have, you know, I love it. and the thing that Tony Robbins that I took away from UPW in October or July, 2013 was the three steps to maximum growth. Mm-hmm. And I've taught it ever since. And the three steps to maximum growth are step one, total immersion learning experience. Mm-hmm going to a four-day event, going and following someone for an entire year, reading all their work, watching all their videos, right? So total immersion learning. Step two, this is where most people miss the boat, is spaced repetition. Yes. You've got to do a little, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go to a, you go to one of my seminars, one of your seminars, a Tony Robbins seminar, and you come out and you don't do anything with what you learned for two weeks, it's like you never went. Right. You went. Right. You went and had. You went and had. You went and got entertained instead of getting energized right. and empowered. Right. Yeah. And then step three. Step three to go all the way back to where we started our conversation yep. is accountability partner in a plan. So yes. three steps to maximum growth: total immersion, learning, spaced repetition, accountability partner in a growth plan. And what I love about the success checklist app using either heroic or habit share is. It gives you the clarity of what you're doing. It creates accountability with the people you share it with. And if you have a coach you're working with in there, you have your support. Oh, so good. I am, I could talk to you all day long. (laughs) I'm like, how do I get you to Charleston? How do I get you in front of a school, in front of a group of people? We got to make that happen somehow. We'd love to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I desperately want to stay connected. Um, I want to ask you this one thing because you know so much and there's just, like you said, there's so much up here in the clouds and you bring it down into the dirt so beautifully. Thank you. What is the one thing, like, is there one magical piece of advice that you could give somebody if you were like, listen, this one thing is going to change your life or this one thing had the most impact on your own life? one thing. What's the one thing back to that question? Yeah. I mean, back to the one thing, I think it would be, it would be, I mean, I can control the things that you can control, let go of the things that you can't and just get started, you know, get started ready, fire, 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 and then aim, you know? And I think it depends on, it depends on, this is the unique thing, right? Is, is, when you have a really wide audience, mm-hmm. um, and I know a lot of marketing coaches would say like, you can't have a wide audience. You need a specific niche. I'm like, my, right. my, my niche is human beings. You know, right. it's like, so who, who want to, who want to improve? So depending on the audience, you give them a more specific niche and a specific answer. But I think if I'm looking at anybody, it would be, 
it would be control the things that you can control. And then also I would, you know, it's the start that stops most people, right? Get started, ready, fire, aim. And I think to summarize that, I would say just commit to getting 1% better. And it's a, it's a title of another book I wrote called 1% Better. And the way, the way I came to that book was I was working with a college football team, SMU, and I sit down with one of their players in individual meetings, like I always do when I was there. And he said to me, say, Hey, coach Kane, you know, C- coach Morris, Chad Morris, the head coach at the time, he's always talking to us in team meetings about getting 1% better, being better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. He goes, I like it. How do I know I'm getting 1% better? Yeah. He's like, everybody here lifts weights for two hours a day. Everybody here watches film for two hours a day. And everybody here's on practice for two hours a day. We're putting six hours a day into it. Am I supposed to put in another two? And I was like, man, good question. He goes, because yeah. if you do everything everyone else does, you'll get what everyone else gets. Yeah, yep. I just don't know how to put in any more time. So I'm like, man, let, let me think. Like, well, I got an answer for you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to BS you. Let me think. So I start, you know, talking to some of my, my, my inner circle of friends. And I had a, a friend of mine from Michigan reach back out to me, an athletic director at St. Joseph high school in Michigan, Kevin Guzzo. And he goes, Gainer, I got it. 1% of a day is 14 minutes and 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. He goes, ask your player to just take 14 minutes and 24 seconds of his day outside of normal activity and invest it into himself. I said, well, mm-hmm. invest it into what? He goes, I don't know. Ask him. So a <laughs> couple, couple of days later I go in and I said, Hey, Jamal, what would you want to get better with? Like, if there's anything that you could do to get 1% better, just 14 minutes and 24 seconds, you can do that. You're on Instagram for like five times that a day. I go, what would you do? He goes, man, you know, I feel like I could get better with my hip mobility. So he was an alignment so I could stay lower and feel better. And I'm like, all right, let's go get it. Let's go see the strength coach. Let's get you a 14 minute and 24 minute, 15 minute mobility plan. And you work that as your 1% game plan. I go, what's that going to do for your confidence? He goes, I feel like I have an edge because I'm doing a little bit more and I'm yes. doing it for me. Yes. So How I that think translates to the head right? game. Yeah, totally. So I think for the listener, it's like, just come up with something you can do for, for 15 minutes, 14 minutes and 24 seconds, yeah. 1% of your day for yourself could be visualization could be journaling, could be listening to to your podcast, could be reading, could be anything, walking, whatever you want to do, but you have to invest in yourself. And that is the greatest investment that you can make. Mm, So good. So good. And I love that 1% translating to four, 14 in some minutes because yeah. so doable. And, and you so also doable. said it, we're all on social media. We're all, you know, watching Netflix. It's right. like, that goes back to the whole time management thing. Like we've all right. got so much more time than everybody thinks they are. They do. I mean, that's the biggest excuse in the world. I don't have time. Totally. I'm like, totally. you know, we all have time. We all have time. Well, Brian, thank you so much, so much. Um, I'm going to link below. So you're the two main books out of the 45 that we talked about, <laughs> um, your website, your coaching program, all of that will be in the show notes below. Um, but the easiest way to find you, Instagram, website. Yep. E- uh, easiest place, easiest place to, to find me every day would be with my mental performance daily yes. podcast and Apple or Spotify. You can get me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Brian Kane peak. And you can, you can send me a direct email. I check my own email. You can do so. So give me a couple of days, Grace, to get back to you. <laughs> uh, but my own email, you can, you can just hit me up. If you go to briancane.com, you can find everything there. Uh, it's, and, and you can, you know, contact request, send me an email. I will get it. And, and we'll, here we go. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you again for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you for sure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Absolutely. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, 
rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us. And share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes. And we will see you next week. 